Good morning to you. Oh my goodness, this is so good to see you. I don't know about you, but this, some of the isolation has um, had a cost on my soul. Uh, we were created to be, be together, and, and what a privilege to be able to come together and worship with you. My, my goodness, uh, what a joy to be together today. Um, uh, I want to just take a word at the beginning here and say happy 4th of July to you. Uh, today we're talking together about freedom, and particularly about God's unimaginable freedom. But what a blessing, amen, to, as Americans, be able to experience a freedom that most of the world has never known. They've never known, right? And some people will never know in their entire existence on this earth. So we are so grateful for that privilege, and, and thank you, Beth, for... Yeah, I don't know, do you find yourself kind of getting emotional? Or should, uh, we, we never want to take that freedom for granted. At the same time, the challenge that I have for today is to press in deeper into freedom. Wait, thank you. Because in Jesus Christ, we have an even greater freedom than we've experienced here. It's so easy. If you're like me, it's so easy to take those things for granted. Freedom to gather, to, to worship. Boy, that's home in a big way but in Jesus Christ we have an even greater freedom freedom from brokenness and sin even disease and death and so so we're celebrating our, our country's independence uh, this weekend but we are especially celebrating together our freedom in Christ um, I wonder if you do me a favor though before we begin um, and I say I say this with fear and trepidation because we crashed our, our system yesterday or last week doing this, but would you um, pull out your phones and just register your presence with us by texting your name to 812-457-9509. And uh, if there's some way that we can pray for you specifically, there are amazing things going, going on in the life of our congregation right now. Tomorrow, we um, get to pray, pray through for Riley as he goes back up to Children's Hospital. Get to, get to pray for him. Many of you I have been, been praying for him. We've seen uh, one miracle. We're asking God for another one. You believe in miracles? Um, let's pray for Riley right now. Can we do that? Would you just reach out toward him, please? God, thank you. I'm looking right at Dylan. I can't tell the difference between you guys with a mask on. I'm just pointing over. He's over there. He's over there. God, thank you for Riley. Thank you that he is your precious son. Before he was ever Chris and Don's or ours, he was yours. And you have blessed him with unbelievable riches. But God, Brady, we know you're a great God, and you have nothing but blessing in store for him. So in Jesus' name, we just ask you to touch his body. Remove any trace of this illness from him. God, and use this young man, God, to declare your glory. Use his family to be lights to us and to the world, God, as they proclaim greatness. And then, God, one day we just look forward with joy to that time where there is no more sickness, where there is no more sadness, where there is no more disease. And we love you and entrust Riley to you in Christ's precious name. Amen. May God be with you tomorrow. We know that that's just a consultation. We know that um, the reality is right now, but we believe in God for you. Just looking forward to And by the way, I just really appreciate your courage. Last week, we challenged you. I'm not going to remember my social distancing here. Last week, we challenged you to, um, to live, right? right? To really live. And Riley, you've been such an uh, example of someone who says, I'm, 
I'm not going to surrender to fear. I'm going to live. I'm going to genuinely live. So thank you for modeling that for us. Thank you for those of you who've been praying for me. Uh, we just got news just uh, 15 minutes ago that uh, Karen's cardio version uh, went well. She converted. And so we're just, we're just praying that that holds and that she can come home soon. So she still hospitalized this morning, and I'm going to just put, put that in a little box for you so I don't, don't uh, get too emotional during worship service. So thank you. Thank you so much for praying. We're praying. I, I'm looking and not seeing Tammy, but we uh, know that Tammy's got surgery this, this week, and we're going to be lifting Tammy up on Thursday as she goes through that surgery. Chris is back here now. I was looking for you back there, Chris. Uh, just give her our love, love if, if we don't see her today with you, and uh, our prayers for her as well. We got a God who cares about us physically, emotionally, and spiritually. And so um, we are excited to be able to put that faith into action. And, and as I experienced over the last uh, 24 hours or so, when, when, um, when we need one another, uh, the body gathers around and lifts each other up. So we're grateful for that. A couple of uh, other things. This is mundane after, after these issues. Uh, uh, one is that this uh, coming Friday, Friday and Saturday, if you come through the gym, you go, what in the world is that? It's two churches worth of leftovers in there, and you are welcome to walk through there. If you see anything that you can use, I took a little tool thing myself a, a couple days ago. If you see something that you uh, can, can use, you are welcome to take it. If you want to make a donation, you can. If you don't want to make a donation, we are just trying, trying to get rid of that stuff. But this Friday and Saturday, they were opening it up to the general public. So if you wanted to take a cruise through the gym, um, you're sure welcome to, to do that, and, um, and we appreciate your help. By the way, there's a lot of um, uh, there's a lot of things like big brown tables and, and and folding chairs that it might just be good to have a couple of them in your house or something like that. that um, you are welcome to, to pick those up. If you need help getting something to your house, um, let us know and we'll try and arrange stuff for you. So that's going on this weekend, and then and then we will be there. We will be completely there and uh, looking forward to um, our new home and, and living fully into our new home. If you, if you have not um, been upstairs, you are welcome to take a, a tour when you're comfortable. You're welcome to take a tour up there. New Sunday school rooms, our new youth room. You did a great job, Sarah, of setting that youth room up. And, um, and offices are up there over the, the gym. Um, we're not cooling the gym right now, uh, so it's a little warm in the gym, but it's cool in the, in the offices, and you are welcome to join us up there. We invite you. Well, let me just stop for a second because um, the governor came out with version 4.5 of this whole situation, and our session uh, needed to respond to that. And so what would that look like for us? We're going to ask you to, to practice what you haven't yet studied. We're going to study it here in a few moments. Um, we're going to practice loving one another. But our session has um, determined that, that, that the best course of action for us as a church is to continue to worship this way for three more weeks. Um, we're going to continue to worship this way through July, July 26th might remember that originally we would next week have gone unrestricted, but um, both our governor and then and also, especially here in Evansville, we're seeing a little bit of a spike in, um, in hospitalizations and things like that. And we're just saying, saying let's, let's err on the side of caution and, and bless one another, love one another by, by remaining a mask up, up in our worship for three more weeks, and, and then Lord, Lord willing, we will have a much better picture of what that, that will look like. So, so thank you for your patience. Thank, thank you for uh, 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 coming and being with us even in these uh, more challenging circumstances. Um, we're just going to believe that God's going to honor 
of the, of the intent of your heart as you in faith make your presence known. Speaking of that, that's <laughs> so good. Back on the back, my, my left, your right, is uh, Bill and Kathy Rash. Uh, so good to see you guys. Oh, my gosh. Um, not only is he, is he our partner, they are partners in ministry. Bill is, is um, uh, a interim, interim um, pastor in Ohio right now. But they are our family. And, and we miss you, Kathy, as you have gone through so many physical challenges. Our hearts are with you. And, and um, we're just so good to see you. And, and Bill, my brother in Christ, what a privilege to, um, to spend this Sunday with you. Would you um, communicate our love to your congregation and our, our prayers? And uh, as you, Bill said, just to update where they are, they have not yet begun the pastoral search process. So he, he may be there for some months, um, even possibly up to a year to come. But um, we are grateful that uh, the Holy Spirit knows no distance. Amen. Amen. And, uh, and even when we see you, our hearts are with you. So God bless you. Um, they will we'll release after our um, service out to the parking lot and, and then allow you to social distance at the level that you're comfortable with. But um, if you have a chance to, to greet them and, and love on them, uh, we invite you to take advantage of that. I'm sorry for so many announcements this morning. We have a couple more. Um, I want to make, make sure I didn't miss any. Kristen, just blame me if I did. Oh, our congregational meeting, which was originally scheduled for July 2026, in light of those COVID changes, in light of moving that back one week, we're going to move our congregational meeting back to August 5th, I believe. That doesn't sound right. It must be 2nd. August 2nd. Thank you. Um, the following Sunday, so that we, um, uh, Lord, Lord willing, Lord willing, be uh, unrestricted as, as we have our congregational meeting. So that will be immediately following our service in the gym. We'll still social distance, but, but we'll have a lot much more room to do that in the gym. And we'll have our congregation, we pr promise, we'll air condition it for you. Just a couple of other, other uh, things real quickly. Uh, there are Sunday school classes this is still happening, and uh, they happen at 1030. We're going to continue for the next three weeks to have them, them online. We'll update you as we get closer. And so we invite you, um, Kristen sent you the links for all those. If you don't have that or you, you want it after the service today, we invite you to touch bases with Kristen. She'll get you that link. Doug and Kim uh, Johnson are heading out for Colorado. I, I'm just, uh, well, I was about to say I'm a little jealous. I'm a lot jealous. Uh, but Lord be with you, brother. Uh, is, it, is it, do I remember that you're coming back sometime late September or October? Is that the plan? Early September. Well, Lord be with you. You guys have an amazing time, and uh, we will look forward to having you back with us as soon as possible. Um, we'll miss you. Thank you so much for all your hard work, work and even preparing us so that we could worship you today. We're grateful. Doug Kim, thank you so much for that. Uh, our members is, um, is, is Galatians 5, 1. And uh, I know with this COVID time, we're not passing out bulletins. You might, might have downloaded one and brought it with you. But um, if, if you have your Bibles with you, we invite you, or your phones, we invite you to open up to that. Here is Galatians 5, 1. This, this is a theme that permeates, especially the, the Apostle Paul's writing. But let me just give you a short version and, and then ask you to join me in it. Uh, here's Galatians 5.1 from the English Standard Version. For freedom, Christ has set us free. Would you say that? For freedom, Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and, and do not submit again to a yoke of, of slavery. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. 
So let me say it one more time. I invite you to say the whole thing with me. For freedom, Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. Would you say that with me? For freedom, Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. And the reference is Galatians 5, 1. God, in our 
minds, we understood a portion of that. We understood that we were created in your image. And God, that profound truth has transformed the way that we look at ourselves, the way that we look at one another, the way that we look at that even, even those opposed to us in the world, God, you created us in every single human being that we lay eyes on reflects the image of God. But, but God, I know that we have enslaved ourselves through our own choices. We have given in to that nature which was ours through Adam and Eve and, and, and have succumbed, God, to selfishness and, and, and sinful choices. And in, as a result, have become slaves, God, to our earthly passions and, and to our own thought processes even our own perspective ourselves. Thank you so much, God. Thank you so much for sending Jesus to break all those false reflections of who we are, to, to do what we couldn't do and pay the price for brokenness and sin. God, to, to, to model for us what dying to self looks like and entrusting ourselves to our Heavenly Father who loves us more than we can imagine. And, and then rising from the dead, rising from the pain, rising from the condemnation, breaking power of evil over us. So, so we we're grateful, God, God, that who the Son sets free is genuinely free. Is genuinely free. God, would you help us? Would you help us to leave behind the grave clothes? of a former life. Would you help us to leave behind, God, the, the patterns of life which not only enslave us, but, but pass on to the next generation, pass on even to those who don't know you, that brokenness and sin and shame. God, would you allow us to live into the life which is already ours through Christ. And we'll begin this communion Sunday, would you God? Strip away all our false understandings. Even, even, even our own reflections on ourselves. God, if you leave us to our own reflections, we will end up in condemnation. God, if you would, would gift us with this gift of grace. <laughs> Thinking of a friend in Henry who's crying out, God who's crying out for the gift of faith. You would grant us that gift. And then God, give us the courage to, to unswervingly trust your word says, to live into the life which is already ours. Oh God, that we would truly, truly be set free. So move among us now, would you God? As we anticipate coming to your table, as we anticipate opening the door and allowing you to sup with us, us with you. Holy Spirit, like air conditioning, which is blowing over this room, blow over us with the wind of your Holy Spirit. God, if there's anything that we're clinging to, which breaks your heart, if there's anything that we're clinging to, which is causing ourselves, or more importantly, someone else, suffering. God, would you 
call it to our attention and then allow us to gently let go of it. You, you are our source of life, God. You and you alone. And so, so we're great, grateful for your presence, God. We're grateful for your grace. We're grateful for your love. And we just invite you to move in their worship service, preparing our hearts for the sacrament of communion. More than that, preparing us for walking out these doors and out into a world that, that desperately needs the love that only, only we can offer. Lord, we love you. And in Jesus' name, we pray these things. And everyone said, let's continue in worship as we think deeply together about the freedom that God has died for. Is 
this truth. If you have confessed your sins, he is faithful and just. will forgive you your sins and cleanse you of all unrighteousness. Be free. Be free. Amen? Mm -hmm. The world needs genuinely free women and men. Amen? Let's live into that truth. I have to dig a little deeper, though, in God's Word um, to grasp what that might look like for us. Would you open your Bibles or your, your phones, if you have them, to um, the book of Romans. We're in the New Testament, just past the Gospels, just past the book of Acts. Um, Paul writes the largest, the greatest expansions of some of the theological truths that he repeats over and over again in his, let, in his letters. And we are we're going to go together toward the end of that book to Romans 14. And I don't know about you, but I think um, in my annual um, pilgrimage through uh, the Bible, when I come to the end of Romans, I, I love Romans 8, this, this amazing declaration of life. I, I, I love Romans 12, this, this portrait of what the body life looks together. And honestly, as I move past 12, we get into things that submit to governing authorities and things like that. I just have seen, well, that's just kind of one of his add-on thoughts at the end of his book. I kind of just equated Romans 16 with Romans 13, 14, and 15. And what a privilege it's been um, over this last week, especially thinking about our freedom in Christ. What a privilege it's been to, to go deep. As I, I can see now, beyond the artificial breakdown of the chapters, I can see some of Paul's thought processes as it cries out for us as followers of Jesus to live into this freedom, which is ours in Christ. I see it over and over again in there. But I, I had to choose just a small portion of 12, 13, and 14 to be able to focus on today. And, and so um, I invite you to join me as we look especially in uh, Romans 14 at verses 13 through 23. Romans 13, uh, 14, 13 through 23. Hear, hear the word of God, would you, through the Apostle Paul. Therefore, he says, let us not pass judgment on one another any longer. In other words, he doesn't hold back. He recognizes that we are prone to judging one another. Let's not pass judgment on one another any longer, but rather decide never to put a stumbling block or a hindrance in the way of a brother. Now I know that I am persuaded in the Lord Jesus that nothing is unclean in itself, but it is un unclean for anyone who thinks it's unclean. So he's diving deeply fast about the differences that we have in how we should then live, right? 
And in particular, let me just say that his issues du jour, his day, were, were circumcision. Do you have to be, to be circumcised to be a follower of Jesus? And also, um, uh, what you eat. Uh, is it wrong to eat meat sacrificed to idols? The issues du jour for, for us might be very different. They are very di different, but the principle of God's word are, are the same. And again, he says, but it's unclean for, for anyone who thinks it is unclean. For if, if your brother is grieved by what you eat, you are no longer walking in love, Paul says. But, but what you eat, excuse me, by what you eat, do not destroy the one for whom Christ died. Isn't this amazing, powerful truth. Now, in terms of our relationships with one another, but also it's in terms of our relationship with the world, right? So don't let what you regard as good be spoken of as evil. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating, drinking, but of righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Whoever thus serves Christ is acceptable to God and approved by men. So then let us pursue what makes for peace, right? Let us pursue what makes for peace and for mutual upbuilding. Do not, for the sake of food, and I could send here a thousand other words, whether it's politics or mass, <laughs> you could sub in almost anything right here. Do not, for the sake of these things, destroy the work of God. Everything is indeed clean, but it's wrong for anyone to make another stumble by what he eats or the way he lives, right? It's good not to eat meat or drink wine or do, do anything that causes your brother to stumble. The faith that you have, keep between yourself and God. Blessed is the one who has no reason to pass judgment on himself for what he proves. But whoever has doubt is condemned if he eats, because this eating is from faith. Catch this. I know that it was very deep. Well, it was read clearly, but catch this. For whatever doesn't proceed from, from faith is sin. The very word of No, thank you, God. Oh, God, we desperately need your help in understanding. We know that your, your word is true. We know that your word transcends time, God. And, and um, the principles that are held here can, can help us navigate these difficult circumstances that we find, find ourselves in right now. So, God, I pray that you take the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our, our hearts, and, and God, be glorified in them. Mm. Our Lord, our rock, our redeemer. Amen. Amen. Well, wow. wow. Again, I really want to commend um, these verses to you. Um, this week where we celebrate freedom, let's go deeper. Let's go for it all. Let's go for the freedom that is ours in Christ beginning in the middle of Romans chapter 12, all the way to the end of chapter 15 is this amazing exposition. You could also go to our members because uh, he brings, brings it up again in, in, in Galatians chapter 5, uh, ending in, in the fruit of the Spirit, right? God's Word is helping us understand how to, how to navigate these difficult times. And, and freedom is such a powerful, powerful, is that my imagination, by the way, or um, were there like bombs going off um, last night? Is it? Is it my imagination? My poor dogs were going crazy.
crazy, right? Right? Um, I don't know. It sounded like like sticks of dynamite going off all night long. What what is that all about? Because we're celebrating, right? Celebrating freedom. Celebrating freedom. And why eight? I actually had this thought and whole thing because I was anxious for my daughter a little bit, but I had this whole thought process go through my mind. You know what? When there was a war going on, our pets were uncomfortable too, right? Uh, and the bombs going on off around my house last night into the middle of the night um, reminded me of what a lot of people experience like on a regular basis for freedom. For, for freedom. For freedom is what we celebrate this weekend. And a case could be made to say all of the people who ever, of all the people who ever walked the face of the earth, we as 21st century Americans are the most free. So why? Why then are we having such a difficult time, right? Why is it that at a significant portion of our society, from every side, let's not play games, from every side of the political spectrum, would say that right now is some of the least free that they felt their entire lives? Why is that? Is it a simple psychological trick that we've gone used to freedom and, and so our standards have changed? Or is there deeper political things going on? Oh, I could pull so many quotes fascinating for me to actually go, go researching. All these things coming back to my mind. Do you remember George Santayana? Those who cannot remember the past are condemned to repeat it, right? How about, how about John Adams, right? John Adams says, remember, democracy never lasts long. He said, it soon wastes, exhausts, and murders itself, right? There was never yet, this is 200 years ago, there's never yet a democracy that did not commit Suicide, right? Freedom is dangerous. Freedom is dangerous. But the one that really surprised me, and I could not take my eyes off, was a man about the same time as John Adams, saying, and he was Alexander Titler. He said, a democracy cannot exist as a permanent form of government. It can only exist until the voters discover that they can vote themselves largesse from the public treasury. Isn't that amazing? In a democracy, we realize, oh, we can vote ourselves benefits, right? Right. And the moment we start voting ourselves benefits, then we start robbing other people of their dignity. We start robbing other people of their blessings. He continues, the average age of the world's greatest civilizations has been 200 years. Isn't that spooky? These nations have progressed through this sequence. Let's listen to this. From bondage to spiritual faith. From spiritual faith, he writes, to great courage. Sound familiar? That's what we're celebrating this week. From great courage to liberty. From liberty to, to abundance. From abundance to selfishness. From selfishness to apathy. Sound familiar? From apathy to dependence. From dependence back into bondage over 200 years ago, describing exactly what we're experiencing now. Over 2,000 years ago in the book of Romans, Paul wrote words that could be describing exactly what we're experiencing now. So what is his recommendation? I'm going to take them slightly out of order um, because 
as I, as I saw, I could have picked 20, but I, I wanted to pull four or five things from this passage in, in Romans that may help us, may help us navigate these challenging times that we're, we're facing right now. We're, 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 we're tempted to give up the very freedoms that so many sacrifice so, so much to grant us. I'm going way beyond, way beyond, though I, I, I respect and love those who sacrifice for our American freedoms. I'm going all the way, the way to Jesus, who sacrificed so much so that, that we would not be enslaved to the things around us. But his recommendations, Paul's recommendations are a little surprising, right? Because I would, I would think that he would say, fight for what is yours, right? I would, I would expect him to, to, to say that. We know in Scripture, we're never we're called to fight. The battle is the Lord, not ours. We're called to stand firm. But I would, I would expect some kind of military kind of uh, hold on, right? Don't give up. Um, find some expression of a way to make your um, righteousness known. But he goes a completely different direction. Here's the fir first thing that he recommends to us. Resist, he says, the temptation to judge, right? Resist temptation to judge. No, no, we saw even last week that judgment is critically important, right? And we, we delineated the difference between judgment that is discerning what is right from justice, which, which is doing what is right. Do you remember that? Uh, we, we kind of no noted that justice is not justice discerning it, but doing it and reminded ourselves that Amazing verse in Micah 6. What does the Lord require of you to do justice, right? Love mercy. Walk humbly with God. But here's the deal. Scripture overwhelmingly attributes the right to judge, to discern even what is right or wrong, not to humans, but to God. And it went by, by really fast in our scripture, right? But, but Paul said, we will all stand before the judgment seat of God. God and God alone is worthy of trust in judgment, right? So in Romans 1, the very beginning, um, Paul writes an evaluation of the culture of his day. And it, and it is could have been written yesterday of our culture. Include some, some um, incredible indictments, right? Incredible indictments in Romans 1 about um, sin and brokenness of our culture. And, and just about the time that I'm getting on board with Romans 1, just about the time when, yeah, God smite them, oh my one, right? Just about the time I'm ready to do that. Then he turns on, and it's a different chapter, so most of us stopped at the end of Romans 1. But at the, end, at the beginning of Romans 2, he says, you, therefore, are out excuse who, who judge one another. And say, wait a second, Paul, you just got me all excited about how much more righteous I am than the people and the world around me. And then you say, say something like that. You say, I, I, am, uh, I am not given that privilege to judge. Wow. Wow. I am without excuse who judges on another. another. Now, who, who am I talking about? Who am I talk, talking about judging? He gives us three examples in, in there. He says, you 
don't have the privilege of judging. I'm going to use his language first and translate it. You don't have the purpose of judging someone else's servant. Now, now that, that word servant us is, 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 um, uh, can mean uh, literally uh, um, a bondservant or even a slave, but it also can mean a child or even an employee of a situation. And, and I'll explain why I'm saying, saying that. He says, he continues in Romans 14, 4, it, it's before their own master that they stand or fall, right? The biggest example of this, I think, is for, for you moms, right? And there's a thing called mother shaming. Have you ever heard of that? Right? Where someone else comes along and, and says something snide or, or, or maybe not snide at all, maybe very overt, and, and, and says, if you were a real mother, you would never have done that, right? And, and, and your heartstrings are, are pulled and you, you're called into self-doubt. And, and, and that person had no right to do that, right? They had, they had no right to do that. Each of us are charged with loving our, our children and, and raising them. And, and each of us are, uh, who are, are involved in an employment situation are charged with blessing those whom we serve, right? Um, and we're not charged to judge how someone else lives or works or raises their children. You're not judged, he says a, little, a couple of verse, verses later in 1412, with judging your brothers and sisters. And he really means now, he's talking about your brothers and sisters in Christ, right? You know, it's not your privilege. And, and, well, well, wait a second. I, I understand scripture, and I know what they're doing is wrong. It's very possible that, that, they, that what they're doing is wrong as brothers and sisters. And you have every right to say to them, help me understand, would you? When you said this or you did this, I know that you love, you love Jesus. Um, I said or did this, I'm, I'm just I'm struggling with, help me understand, right? You have every right, right to do that. But you don't have the right to condemn them because they understand God's word differently. And, and, and Paul goes to great lengths here to, in, in, in Romans 14 to, to d- describe that situation and say, they may do it differently than you do. What's important to them is their conscience before, before God. And, and I'm so grateful for your, your, your um, faithfulness and loving one, one another. Let me just pick a real visible example of the mask situation, right? There are people who have freedom and don't, don't believe that we should mask up. Don't judge me, right? There, there are people there that have that freedom. And, uh, and they're taking it in the short shorts, right? Some people that believe. There are people who, who really, really believe that we should wear masks all the time. And, and they're taking it in the shorts from, from people who have freedom. Do you see? It, is that worth breaking up families over? Is that worth? Paul says, that's, that's not your responsibility. You do what you think is right. And you even uh, enter into civil dialogue with other people who feel differently. But don't judge one another. This is a very, very, this is a very personal thing for me because I have some sweetest family members. So that you feel that way about your family, I just have some sweet, sweet family members. I mean, I don't know why, but God just has really blessed me with amazingly loving sisters have been all over the internet this morning, morning caring for me, caring, caring. I have they're, they're sweet people, but you bring out an issue about like, wow. 
wow, there's a war going on on the internet in, in my family with, with all these people I know to heart. Paul has said, let's not go there. If, I'm going to translate this again, must forgive me for using something so mundane because it's much more important than that, but, but if you believe that math's important, you need to do that. You need to do that. If you don't, um, then, then you need to do that. My, my family, we were praying for you earlier. I didn't see you back there in the back. Um, praying for you already on Thursday. Here's what is so beautiful, right? Who's the only one in the room not wearing a mask, right? Well, that's not a political statement. It's not a statement about masks. I, I believe that we should love others. We are. I'm great, grateful for you allowing me to take my mat off to preach. Look at, look at the love that you're showing. And I know you feel differently about this, this issue. Look at the love that you're showing one another by sacrificing your personal preferences sometimes to bless God's people. That's exactly what Paul is talking about. Don't judge, don't judge someone else out there. Don't judge one another. But, but in love, commit to one another, right? By the way, I want to take this one step further from another place. I'll just highlight it, highlight it and then move off of it. Paul says, I don't even judge myself. I don't even judge, judge myself. 1 Corinthians 4, verses 3 to 5, he says, but to me, it's a very small thing that I should be judged by you or by any, any human court. In fact, he says, I don't even judge myself. I'm not, I'm not aware of anything against myself, uh, and, but I'm not therefore acquitted, right? Uh, it is the Lord who judges me. And in, in 14, he takes that to, okay, it's the Lord who judges us. Your brothers and sisters, it's the Lord who alone is worthy of judging our culture. So we're going to stop judging, right? The problem in judging others, Paul says in that famous passage in Romans chapter 2, is that, is that in passing judgment on others, we condemn ourselves because we do the very same thing. I'm out of time, but I want to, the most obvious example is happens to me almost on a daily basis. Somebody will do something stupid in a car. I shared this with you before in, in front of me. And I, I, I don't honk at, at them usually. I don't, um, I, I don't cuss them out. I, I don't cuss them out. But I think creative thoughts about them. Right? And, 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 and there's, a, there's a satisfaction in thinking creative thoughts about them. Right? And, and then some of the time, if I don't, don't do the darn, same darn thing at the next stop, right? Okay. Um, I think I can make this stop there. I even give it a little bit more juice, right? And, and, and all of a sudden, it's no longer stale yellow. It's fresh red, right? And I do the same thing that I just condemned someone else for. Now, take that, take that to more important things than just stoplights, right? Right? Paul says, when you judge other people, you condemn yourself. For the, for the, measure, the measure, Jesus said, with which you judge it, we judged you, right? Uh, and, and so stop it, right? Let's, let's stop doing that. You see the beauty of this in light of our current culture, right? It doesn't matter what perspective you're, you're coming from, what political, religious, or racial perspective you're coming for. Don't pass judgment. The bottom line of this whole issue here of of Resisting the, t the temptation to judge is there is a judge. Amen? And you're not him. Let's leave it to the one whose character is worthy of bearing that burden.
Let's leave that to God. So what, what do we do then? He says, walk in love. Walk in love. In verse uh, 15, love yourself. Does, does the, one, the one that is vulnerable to condemnation from, from you is you. The one, one who is most vulnerable to condemnation from, from you is you. Love yourself. If God loves you, shouldn't you love you too? too? Love your brothers and sisters in Christ, right? That is how the world is going to know that God exists and that Jesus rose, rose from the dead by your love for your brothers and sisters in Christ. And the world is watching. And the world looks at Facebook, okay? The world is going to make their, their perceptions of Jesus based on how we, as the body of Christ, respond to one another. Love your brothers and sisters in Christ. And we've ex explored in depth, love your neighbors as yourself. Yeah, even the ones that set not, not quarter sticks of dynamite in their bedroom window. Love your neighbors, right? Love your neighbors. And of course, of course we know Jesus took it to the grave. In the Sermon on the Mount, many, many of you are memorizing, love your enemies, right? Love even your enemies. Ask yourself, not am I right in this? Uh, ask yourself, not, not do I have the best argument or do I have the best persuasive powers? Ask yourself, what's the, the most loving thing to do here? Does that mean that sometimes you'll, you'll err too much on the side of grace? Absolutely. Isn't it better to err on the side of grace and let God take care of it than to err on the side of judgment and be judged yourself? What is the most loving thing to do? And then, watch this, take it to another level. Then take it to the level of sacrifice. Sacrifice your freedom for, for someone else's faith. Let me say that again. Sacrifice your freedom for someone else's faith. Let me say, say from, from our study of Romans, decide, Paul says, to never put a stumbling block in, in front of someone else. And ooh, do we, we know how to put stumbling blocks in front of other people, don't, don't we? And, 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 and we say, see, it tri tripped up, right? And we, we feel, in my sin sinfulness, I feel, well, see, you got what you, you deserve. And, and Jesus weeps. He weeps. Don't let your freedom cause someone else to stumble. Don't, don't let your freedom cost someone else a chance. And this, and this is fresh in my mind. I mentioned a name, Henry, just a little while ago. He's a, he's a custodian at a hotel a chaplain. And, and he, he, he's understanding grace, and he's understanding the gift of faith, and he's crying out for it. When I first met him, he was no, nothing but judgment and condemnation of other people. And that heart is so tender. Wouldn't it, wouldn't it be tragic if when his heart is so t tender and open, someone came along and just crushed him? Some Christian came along and just crushed him, right? Sacrifice your freedom for someone else's faith. Live by, and I, I put in my notes, the faith. It's real, it's real popular in our culture to live by your faith, right? But if your faith isn't the faith of the word of God, then that's not going to help you. Live by the faith which once for all has been handed down to you, right? Why is this important? Because, because Paul says, whatever does not proceed from faith is sin. We can do a lot of good things, but if it's not coming from, from faith, then it's sin. And this is the rap thing about Romans 14. 
we can do some bad things. And I can think of a lot, a lot of biblical personalities. We can do things that they did to each other. And it was not counted against them. God can, this, this is a terrible analogy, but God can steer a moving car. Let's live by faith. Let's move in the faith. And to do, we're going to have to attach ourselves to God's word. Worship, would you come on back up? Help us save a couple minutes here. Make sure your faith is grounded in God's word. Make sure it's grounded. That's why I just invite you, especially in this COVID time, when we have a little bit more time on our hands, especially in this time, make sure, make sure you ground yourself in God's word. And, and, and what will happen as you ground yourself in God's word is that, is that he'll show you his kingdom priorities. He'll show you his kingdom priorities. In Romans 14, 17, Paul says, The kingdom of God is not a matter of eating or drinking or of political parties, or a mask, or of this or that. The kingdom of God is a matter of right relationships, and peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. If you're taking mental notes, this is where we connect with Galatians 5. Paul outlines how to walk in the Spirit in Galatians 5. But for our time here, I just want to encourage you to resist it's the temptation to judge other people. Walk in love, even to the point where you might be called to sacrifice your freedom for someone else's faith, right? Live deeply by the faith, knowing that whatever does not proceed from faith is sin. And pursue kingdom priorities. I'm going to believe that the peace of God will guard your hearts and your mind in Christ Jesus. Pray with me, would you? Oh, thank you so much, much God, that you never call us to just to do this alone, to go into this alone, to have Jesus go before us. And you've had brothers and sisters in Christ, even 2,000 years ago, go through these things, the very same challenges of broken human culture, and found a way to navigate it. So, Jesus, is it possible that, that you would help us to choose love in these difficult circumstances? That, that knowing that we are free indeed in Jesus Christ, you would allow us to, to sacrifice our freedom. Even as Jesus gave up his right to his rights and, and was crucified on the cross, God, that we might find the strength to sacrifice our freedom for the kingdom of God, and for his presence for us. Mm, thank you. Thank you, Jesus, that you have gone before us and you have made a way. Fill us with presence, would you? Grant us the strength, God. Even in a, in a culture that seems to be without lights, grant us strength to trust you. And I give you the praise glory in Jesus name amen in the darkness we were waiting without hope without light 
So from heaven you came run, there was mercy in your eyes to fulfill the law and prophets to a virgin came the word from a throne of endless glory to a cradle in the dirt saw these 10 or 15 years ago, I thought they are the most ridiculous things I've ever seen in my life. And I tried them honestly. And um, and after the bread Anne and many others have made, made for us over these years, I thought this not, this is not communion for him. I'm going to ask you, by faith, to believe that what we are doing here out of protection for ourselves is is by faith the body and blood of Jesus. Let me just say for a second, you have to be careful. There's a double lid in this. The first lid releases the bread. The second lid releases the juice. I invite you, uh, as we, we share in just a moment, to release them one at a time. God, thank you for your um, love for us. Thank you that it is by faith, God, that we are set free. So, God, faith, we take this, this simple wafer, we take, take this simple juice, and we ask you to make it the sacrament of the Lord's Supper. God, as we take this tiny little wafer, we remember Jesus. God, as, as we drink this prepackaged juice, we remember the blood of Christ, which was said for us. And God, we ourselves and service of communion to you in faith. Amen. On the night in which Jesus was betrayed, he took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said to his disciples, 
take, eat. This is my body given for you. In the same way, the Apostle, the one we've been studying all day, he says, Jesus took the cup and after supper, he gave it to his disciples and said, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. It's out for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do you remember just a couple weeks ago, Kyle helped us understand the blood bath that ultimately was filled in Jesus Christ. Do you remember as Pastor Kyle reminded us of the covenant that, that was made to Abraham through the bloodbath. Well, Jesus has fulfilled that in this new covenant. In this new covenant, you who were once slaves to judgment and sin has been set free. Do this, beloved, in remembrance of me. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your, for your body, which was given for us. Thank you for your blood, which was shed for us. We remember you. And today we covenant to live in light of the freedom that was purchased by your death on the cross. We choose to live in light of the resurrection that, that God granted God that we might live and truly live as witnesses of the sacrifice that Jesus has made. Oh, we worship you. In the morning that you rose, all of heaven held its breath. Just stone was moved for, for good, for the Lamb had conquered death. And the dead rose from their tombs, and the angels stood now. For the souls of all the world come to the Father are restored. And the church Christ was born, then there's a spirit in the flame. Now the gospel truth of old shall not near, shall not fade. By his blood and in his name, in his freedom I am free. The love of Jesus Christ, who has resurrected me. And the church of Christ was born.
May the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with one another in accord with Jesus Christ that together we may see and we may speak with one voice the glory of God the Father and of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Well, please be seated just for one more moment. In just a moment, our ushers are going to begin with those of you back and release you. Uh, we invite you, uh, the church service is coming in very, very quickly. We invite you to make your way through the foyer and out to the, to the parking lot. But we look for and long for the day, day, Lord willing, in a month, when we will be free from these extra burdens. Thank you. Thank you for loving one another. Thank you for honoring Jesus by being here today. Peace of Christ with you. We're dismissed. Praise the Father. Praise.